Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about onomatopoeia, something that many five-year-olds learn about in school. And here's the first question. Why are onomatopoeia different in different languages? If the sound is the same, why is it that the word for that same sound can be different in different cultures? Oh yeah, it's super fun to look up how different cultures have different sounds. Take the sound of a clock, for example. In English, it goes tick-tock, right? But it actually goes tick-tack in Spanish and Italian, or dida in Mandarin, or kachikachi in Japanese, or tick-tick in Hindi. This whole thing about onomatopoeias around the world, it's really, really fascinating. So how did the same fundamental sound end up different in different languages? Well, every language in the world creates different onomatopoeia to fit the broader language for the same sound. A particular sound might be heard similarly by people of different cultures, but when it comes to translating that into written language, it isn't always easy. You have to express that sound through the use of pretty different consonant strings. So in English, a rooster would say something like cock-a-doodle-doo, while in German, it's kikiriki, <laughs> and uh, the way that the word is written and pronounced uh, kind of also changes the speaker's perceptions of the original sound too. So you kind of have to think about onomatopoeia in the context of the different languages as conforming to you know, its broader linguistic system. There is also an additional explanation, which is that the sound themselves might differ across the world, right? Oh yeah, that's of course true too. You know, when we think of a, a frog, uh, there's you know, hundreds of different types of frogs in the world. So in the case of a frog croaking, the spelling may vary because different frog species truly make different sounds. Ancient Greek wrote it down as something like a brick kick kick kick, and that's probably taken from something like a marsh frog. While in American English, uh, we say ribbit, right? For a species of frog found in North America. While in British English, the verb croak comes from the common frog. So let's back up a little bit and just define what onomatopoeia is then in ELI 5 terms. Yeah, so onomatopoeia, a pretty word, fun word to spell, by the way, <laughs> uh, is the use or creation of a brand new word that phonetically tries to imitate or resemble or suggest the sound that it describes. So that's why we often think of common onomatopoeias as coming from animal sounds, right? It's like oink or meow or roar or chirp or bark. So when was the first onomatopoeia invented? That's a bit hard to say, but one of the earliest onomatopoeias was uh, barbaros, the ancient Greek word for foreigner. Uh, to ancient Greek ears, you know, people who didn't speak Greek sounded as if they were just saying barbar or something. That's actually why we have the word barbarian also related to the concept of foreigners. Now, how do people use sign language for onomatopoeia in their communication? Ah, uh, yeah, sign languages are visual, right? Rather than phonetic. So they don't literally imitate the sound like a spoken language would. Rather, well, they have a sign that means that sound. So in American Sign Language, for example, there will be classifiers to describe or identify words formed uh, or even associated with sounds. So for something like a cuckoo, you would probably use a bird beak as a body part classifier along with its you know, movement-making sound. Some onomatopoeia are not always obvious. 
like most people would not know that the word cliche is an onomatopoeia. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's kind of a fun one that's been lost in time. Cliche is an onomatopoeia of actually the noise made by a printing press when something is printed over and over again. Isn't that where we also get the word stereotyped? Exactly. The word cliche is drawn from the French language. In printing, cliche was the sound a printing plate cast removal type made when it was used. And the printing plate is also called a stereotype. So you're right, it's from the same origins. When letters were set one at a time, it made sense to cast a phrase used repeatedly as a single you know, slug of metal. And cliche came to mean basically a, a, such a ready-made phrase. Interesting. So a final one I think people don't realize is an onomatopoeia is the word Pikachu. What's the story behind that? That's a great one. Pikachu's name is derived from a combination of two different Japanese onomatopoeia, actually. Uh, it's Pika Pika, which is supposed to be a sparking, sparkling sound, and Choo Choo, which is the sound a mouse makes. And a Pika is actually a real animal. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's pretty cute. <laughs> it's a small mountain-dwelling mammal found in Asia and North America with very short limbs, very round body, uh, even cone of fur and no external tail. Uh, they kind of resemble their close relative, the rabbit, but with, you know, shorter and rounder ears. Very interesting. Thanks, Kevin. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you've got comments and suggestions for us. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, please do take the time to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It only takes two minutes and it helps people to find and discover our podcast. As always, thanks to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.